Thank you for joining me for this episode of People Know Stuff. If you know stuff, I'd like you to be a guest on my program. Please visit my website and drop me a line. Hi, and welcome to my podcast, People Know Stuff. And today I am getting to speak with Michael Murphy. And Michael knows stuff about genealogy and looking into ancestry. And I am looking forward to what he's going to share about what he knows. So, Michael, welcome. Well, thank you, Deborah. Um, Happy to be part of the program. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are interested in learning about their family history um, because it gives them a sense of identity and Uh, helps them understand where they came from. How did they wind up here at this place at this time? And so, uh, you know, there's been a lot of interest in exploring that. And so I, what I thought I would share is just a few uh, suggestions on how to start building your family tree and understanding your family's history. Great. Okay. So the first thing is just start with what you know. And that may sound pretty obvious, but sometimes when you put it down in paper, you're surprised at how much you know and how much you don't know. And that's really the whole idea. So genealogists have this, um, I don't know what you would call it, an adage or an aphorism or something about like that, about starting with what you know, and work back. So sit down with a piece of paper, or there are all sorts of um, pedigree charts that you can use that are available online. And, uh, you know, write out your parents' names and birth and marriage and death dates, and then do the same for your grandparents. And maybe if you're lucky, you even know who your great-grandparents are. But usually beyond that, if you haven't done any research, it's a little hard to to figure that out. Anyway, just sit down, write it all out. And and it doesn't have to be limited to just your direct ancestors. You can also write out information about your what we call collateral relatives. So that would be aunts and uncles and nieces, nephews, and your cousins. And that can help you really build out your family tree uh, that includes more than just direct ancestors, because sometimes information about those relatives helps you understand or find information about your direct ancestors. So that's kind of the way to go. So you can start with just your personal knowledge and then look for documentation that may be handy. Maybe you have a family Bible And sometimes in that Bible in the front of it, there'll be information around births, deaths, marriages, and so on, other life events. Um, You may have family records. You may have birth certificates and things like that. Um, And uh, sometimes somebody has taken time to actually write out a family tree. So you can use that, at least as a starting point. And then one thing we'll want to do is kind of develop documentation to support what's there. But that's sort of the first step. 
It's just take what you know, take what's available and start building out your tree. And if you need a framework for doing that, then you can go online and you can search for things like pedig pedigree charts and, uh, and that'll help you at least as a starter. Great. Okay. Um, so once you've done that, um, the idea is to expand your knowledge base and you, there are a number of steps that you can do uh, to, to accomplish that. One is to talk to other living relatives and ideally older relatives. So if you can think about who your oldest relatives are, uh, find some time to chat with them and find out what they know. Have them share their personal knowledge of their relatives. And the other thing that I like to do is ask people like that information about if, if they had, if they knew your grandparents, that they knew your great grandparents, as an example, um, then they can uh, tell you a little bit about them. What were they like? Um, so you get a little more context than just sort of the dry, dusty facts of birth dates and, and so on. So that is um, really helpful, I think, and kind of adding a little more color uh, to your family history. And of course, they can also be a good resource for some of the family stories, um, some of which you need to take with a grain of salt, but <laughs> uh, it, can be, it can be really interesting uh, listening to them talk about maybe their experiences during World War I, or during the Great Depression, or the Vietnam War, or other major, you know, world events, and, and so again, that that adds a little more interest uh, to your family history. Um, and if you need an interview guide, again, a lot of this information is online. You just need to do a an internet search and type in interview guide and or family history interview guide and. Um, lots of suggested questions will come up. But of course, the focus is going to be on, uh, on the people. What can you tell me about my grandparents or who my great-grandparents were or where the family came from, things like that. So once you've had a chance to talk to some of your older relatives and start to build out your tree that way, another uh, option of expanding your knowledge base is going online and looking at online trees. So... Uh, Usually somebody in your family has probably already done some research and it may be available online. And there are a number of um, websites that have family trees that are um, free, provide free access. And also um, they're built as a single shared family tree. So what that means is there's there's an attempt to essentially put every single person who is living and has ever lived into a tree. Because, of course, we're all related in some way. You may have to go back 10,000 years, but we'll find a common ancestor. And um, and so this is an attempt to to try to build this massive single family tree for all of humanity. And one one place to start is a website called familysearch.org. And this is a service that is run by the Mormon church. And it 
allegedly has as many as 1.2 billion people in this tree. Um, and I, I have looked at it, I have seen it. So what you can do is go to familysearch.org, open a free account, add information about your family as you know it, and it will then go into its tree and see, do we have these people in here already? And then from there, you can also see if somebody has added additional ancestors and collateral relatives. So you can uh, shortcut a lot of your research if somebody has already done that research and shared it through family search. There are two other websites that I'm aware of that have uh, these single shared family trees. One is called Genie, genie.com. That's G-E-N-I.com. And they have um, about 160 million people in their tree. And then there's another one called WikiTree, W-I-K-I-T-R-E-E.com. They have about 32 million. And these are all free. So you can easily set up an account and then begin to look uh, to see if anybody has added some of your ancestors in there. And that's a quick and easy way and cheap, <laughs> cheap way to find some additional ancestors. Now, Genie does have a subscription feature to it, um, but uh, FamilySearch and Wikitree are 100% free. And then finally, you can just do a Google search and just type in the name of your relative and maybe some other identifying information. And a, a lot of times you'll be able to find something like an obituary. And an obituary can really be valuable because it lists out oftentimes uh, the person's parents, uh, their spouse, their children, uh, great-grandchildren, and so on. And that can be really a great resource for building out your tree. Um, you know, assuming that the obituary has been uh, digitized and is available online. Uh, sometimes you'll also, you know, depending on your ethnic background, you may also find some family history books. And I say ethnic background because that oftentimes is something you'll find uh, for people with an English background because heritage was so important and uh, you know, very formalized in some cases, like through a book called, called Burke's Peerage. And there are a number of different versions of that, but that was basically keeping track of the aristocracy in England. And if, if you're able to connect your family back far enough into aristocracy, then it, there's the potential of really opening up um, um, the doors to more distant ancestors because there would have been documentation. Um, but all of this stuff is usually available. I mean, you just type in some search words, your family name, the name of an ancestor, and uh, hopefully something interesting will pop up. And uh, again, usually at no cost to access that information. Um, and then another option would be to try to do some original research of your own. And you can do that through familysearch.org. So you set up your free account, enter information about your ancestors, 
you're not really maintaining your own tree, but it will guide you to your ancestors. And there's also documentation available now that you can search for. So through familysearch.org, if you're interested in confirming information about your ancestors, you'll have access to things like census records and birth certificates and death certificates and, and so on. Um, so that can be useful for con- uh, building out data, facts for uh, ancestors you know about. And then sometimes there's information within those resources that will help you expand or add another generation. So for example, a death certificate oftentimes will name the parents. And so that can be a great tool for adding another generation. And then you add those people to the tree and then you do a, a research for them. You, you see if you can find them in a census record or find their birth certificate or their death certificate. And just continuing, just continue to build out your family tree by doing the research yourself. So familysearch.org is free. And there are other services that uh, also provide um, research resources, including Ancestry.com, MyHeritage.com, and FindMyPast.com. And they all have relative strengths and weaknesses. Ancestry is massive. and has great resources. That's that's really my go-to tool. And then uh, my heritage is very strong in European ancestry, and find my past is strongest in United Kingdom UK uh, ancestry. Each of those services, those websites, offers a free two-week trial, and. That's another way of kind of going in and testing to see if they have resources that are going to be helpful to you. Because uh, I have run across situations where um, I was trying to help somebody with their ancestry, went into one of the sites, did some searches, and for whatever reason, information about their family was just not available. So it didn't make sense for them to pay for a subscription. So it's a way to to go in and take a little time and poke around and just see what's available before you commit any dollars. But again, familysearch.org is free. And then the other three services I mentioned uh, do carry subscriptions after that two-week trial. Um, And of course, you can reach out and ask for help. (laughs) Uh, And there are a number of ways of doing that. So one way is to find a family history center near you. So a family history center is a very specific thing. I'm not speaking in general terms. This is a location. It's a genealogy library associated with the Mormon church. And you can go into Google as an example and type family history center near me and it will bring up a map and tell you where some of these centers are located. And um, so the idea would be find one of those locations, schedule a time to visit, and you can get help from 
uh, a genealogist who is there. And they can also oftentimes give you access to some of the services, familysearch.org in particular, and also help you with some hard copy documentation research uh, if necessary. So that, that's one place to start. Another would be your local library or probably more likely the main library in your town uh, and just check to see if they have genealogy resources. In some cases, they have specific areas of the library that are dedicated to family history. It may have, for example, these books that I was talking about um, that have family histories for families from the area. And libraries can also offer free access to some of the website services like Ancestry.com. So if you have a limited budget or no budget, uh, the local library may be a place to go to get access to some of the deeper resources, online resources like Ancestry.com. If you have a Facebook account, there are a bazillion different Facebook groups that you could join. And there is just a matter of going into the search area and typing in something like uh, Greek family history or uh, German family history. And there'll be a number of groups that will pop up. And then it's a matter of joining those groups. If you have questions, you can post your questions in those groups and you'll get responses from people who have experience in dealing with those similar type of topics and point you to some additional resources. And finally, uh, would be some genealogy societies. Uh, and again, just go into Google and type genealogy society near me, and it will usually come up with a list of societies. Some of those have physical meetings, uh, and some of them are online. And, and in most cases now, these days, it's a combination of both. And it's just a way of meeting with other like-minded people in the same area. Even though you may not have the same research interests, uh, you can share information and ideas and suggestions with other people who are also researching their family history. And I guess one last thing, and uh, most of what I, I mean, what I was trying to do was just talk about stuff that's free. Um, the, the last piece is, is doing DNA analysis. And of course, that's going to have a cost. Um, and there are a number of services like Ancestry. That's the biggest in the United States. Uh, so if you have U.S.-based relatives that you're looking for, uh, DNA testing is one way of doing that. And I would suggest that you just, if, it, if it's not urgent, you can usually wait for a sale. The standard price is $99. You can usually get it on sale for $50 or thereabouts. And they have sales all the time during the year. And what that allows you to do is find some DNA matches of living people, other people who have done the DNA matching. And you can see if they have family trees and you can compare trees. And you're looking for common ancestors and building out your tree and, and things like that. But there are a number of other services as well. Um, like MyHeritage also has DNA testing and Family Tree DNA is the, actually the first company to offer commercial DNA testing. Um, so that 
those are my ideas for getting started on a budget, on a shoestring. Fantastic. Um, a lot of great ideas. And as I listen to you, one of the things that really stands out is a willingness to just be a detective. It seems like you need to start with the mindset of a detective. Yeah. And this really is a search. And so the search, you suggest that you want to begin the search with what you know. And like a good detective, it seems like everything you do, you want to be sure you have a plan for how you're going to document it. So start with what you know in a way that you could document it is even available to you with some templates. It sounds like online. Yeah, you can do it hard copy. You can go online. Um, There's computer software you know, that's on your computer as opposed to online. So there are a number of ways of uh, collecting and storing the information. Right. I like what you say, though, to really, as a good detective, sit down and (laughs) identify what do I know as my starting point and, you know, making sure that you're going to document it and just the old fashioned pen and paper or, if you want to have um, a, a model for how to document it, then that's available online. From there, we recognize that part of what you're trying to do is capture a story. So going to the people that may hold pieces of the story makes perfect sense. Because once you've recognized what you already know, you can probably see, oh, I've got some available resources because I know who's still alive that might hold pieces of the story. Um, And then even um, uh, some interview questions are available. So once again, you've got resources on how to conduct the interview with um, uh, Googling in, asking for help with how to ask the right questions for history. Then the next thing is, so you've written, you've captured what you know, you've captured some stories, and then you can begin to look at the wealth of resources that are available to start to build out the tree. And those include lots of web sites, but one that you really like is familysearch.org, which is free. You like wiki tree.com, which is free and genie.com, which is free. Um, And then just even doing a Google search. So there you start to get the tree. And I really like that you bring um, a reminder that you can get a lot of information from a birth certificate and a death certificate, especially. Then um, it's interesting to hear about to know about different groups and different places that you can go to actually ask for help, like a family history center, right? That that's a place where people <laughs> will, if you don't like going to the internet, that's a place where it is a place. Then pe- these are people who will really hold your hand and help you out. Yeah. And before the internet, before a lot of information was available online, that was kind of the only place to go. Unless you had, say, a National Archives in your city, 
um, yeah, you, you really needed to go to a place like the Family History Center. Yeah. And so that says they've, they've been around a long time and they really know they how to support That's right. you. That's right. Yeah. Um, and again, I want to stress that what I really like about that is that um, if you're not real inclined towards internet searches, there's a human. Yes. <laughs> who has a lot of experience with what you're interested in. Um, and then, of course, the Facebook groups. Um, and then the final note that you made about DNA testing, mm-hmm. how that really stretches out the range of possibilities. It does. And I'll, I'll just add a cautionary note there. Um, you do need to be prepared for finding out things that maybe you weren't expecting. Yeah. It happens a lot. Yes. <laughs> it happens and that's a great cautionary a note. Lot. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, it, it, it is, I, you know, I would say right now it is the most revolutionary tool that's been available to genealogists for, it's been available, I don't know, maybe the last 10 years or so as a commercial service. And uh, it's really transformed the way people do family history now. Right. And I think the more it's used, the more it's already pre-built if I'm not mistaken, you would know more about that, but it seems like the more it's been available, the more rich that database has become. Yeah. I mean, every, every year, more people are added to the, the group. Yeah. More surprises in store. for And more surprise. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say you've given so much information and all I can do is just a very high level summary, but you've given a lot of information about available resources and a great place to start. What do you know? What do the people around you know? And I think that it's important to keep in mind that what you're trying to do is find out more about your story. So Mm-hmm. especially talking to people that have pieces of the story is. Yeah. So it's out there. Like you said, it's, it's being a detective and uh, your job is to go find, get those clues and uh, validate them and then pull them together into the story. Yeah. The story about what happened. And who All right. are these people? Who are these people and, and who am I as a result? So, right. Thank you so much, Michael. That was really helpful. My pleasure. Thank you for joining me for this episode of People Know Stuff. If you know stuff, I'd like you to be a guest on my program. Please visit my website and drop me a line.